Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and this is Short Stuff, coming at you with a question I had never thought of until I was on our old site, How Stuff Works, and came across an article by Nathan Chandler, which asked a, a surprising question that makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Do fish, which spend their lives in the water, ever get thirsty? It's a great question, and I immediately thought of uh, possibly one of my favorite uh, definitely one of my favorite all-time comedies, maybe my favorite, the movie Arthur. I thought you were going to say Family Ties. <laughs> no. Movie comedies, Arthur, when Arthur says, uh, I must think that fish get awfully tired of eating seafood. That's not even one of the good lines. I've never seen that one. You're talking <gasps> You've never about seen the, Arthur? Yeah, with Russell Brand. Oh, God. Uh, you know I'm mad I am right now. Yeah, I know. You're a big <laughs> Russell Brand fan. Even though Hodgman was in uh, that version, I think. He really was. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's my big connection to it. That's his claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I haven't seen Arthur, but I will just to keep this one going. How about that? Oh, wait, you haven't seen the original either, for real? I've never seen any Arthur. Dude, it's one of the best comedies of all time. Uh, doesn't it have that song, um, Between the Moon and New York City? Yeah, one of the great movie theme songs of all time. It is a good theme song. I know it's crazy, but it's true. <laughs> um, nice. Uh, so let's keep going, though, because we need to get back to this question. Do fish ever get thirsty, Chuck? Right. Uh, and the first thing that uh, Nathan Chandler points out, which is, you know, very easy, and I think uh, Nathan interviewed some people uh, that know more than we do about fish and their needs <laughs> and wants. Right. But the first thing they point out is, like, that's kind of a weird question because you can't really tell whether an animal like thinks I'm thirsty or not. The real question is, basically, do fish drink and do they need to hydrate like we do? Yeah. And Nathan Chandler's like, come on, that's what I meant, <laughs> pencil neck. Right. Um, so uh, that that is ultimately the question that we're after. So um, if you are ever thirsty, you know, there's it's kind of like hunger. Like you have a, a sensation that tells you, you need to eat food. We need energy. This is the same thing. Your body sends you all sorts of cues and signals that says, you need to drink some water because we need to be hydrated. And the whole point of staying hydrated is not just to drink water, which is fun, but that's not the point. The point is that we have all sorts of like little minerals and salts and electrolytes, according to the good people at Gatorade, in our bodies that we need to keep at a certain level. And we keep them at a certain level, a certain concentration by regulating our water intake, right? So that's how we stay hydrated and that's the point of staying hydrated. And it turns out that fish basically have to do the same thing despite living in water, or actually, I guess, because they live in water. Right. <laughs> yeah, and this whole process is called uh, osmoregulation. And fish do this... You know, we're very closely related to fish, so it's not the the most different process for them, even though we don't have gills. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be kind of fun if we did, but we don't. Uh, but their kidneys are a big part of this, obviously. 
in maintaining, just like with us, those salt levels. Uh, and then they do have those gills, and those gills have cells that exchange water and salt. And again, just trying to keep the, the right uh, electrolytical balance. Mm-hmm. Electro- yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Or I could just say electrolyte balance. Okay. I like the electrolytical. All right. So you're going to keep it in? Well, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to cut it out. Okay, cool. I've said much dumber things. <laughs> I don't think it's dumb at all. I think it's neat. And Chuck, I have to say, if if that isn't a term, you just coined a term because I'm going to spend the rest of my days promoting electrolytical. Okay, great. So um, the the it turns out though this osmo regulation, I guess the um, the process or the systems or the components for carrying out osmo regulation are the same basically across fish species, or, you know, similar enough that you could call them the same for our purposes today. Um, but what they do or how they do it or what their goal is depends on what kind of water the fish lives in, salt water or fresh water, or if the fish can kind of transcend both kinds of water. And I propose we take a break and come back and talk about the setup that I just did. That sounds great. Hey there, are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But you can drink water as clean as nature intended. Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater. Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. And you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh? Yeah, text STUFF to 2512-928887 and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. Hey there, everybody. Here's some bonus stuff you should know. This time it's about traveling to Orlando for business. Orlando has tons of places to host your conferences and meetings. Dr. Michael Edwards, CEO of Ocean Insight, said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when the day is done, you can kick off each evening at one of 46 Michelin-rated restaurants. What's not to love? So check out Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. All right. Freshwater fish, should we start there? Yeah, I think so. It's a good place to start. Your common largemouth bass, let's say? Sure, that can eat a squirrel during a squirrel stampede. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> so a co- I learned a couple of interesting things here. Uh, one is that freshwater fish don't drink like actively because it's just going to dilute their blood and the other fluids in their body really quickly. Mm-hmm. 
um, obviously their what's inside their body, their tissue and their blood is going to be saltier than where they are because they're in fresh water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they would just act as a big uh, salt water or I guess salt sponge right. if they were to drink too much. So uh, the other thing I learned is that they urinate. They're constantly urinating. <laughs> right. That's and the only way to say it. And I did not know this. So the and the urine they pee out is super super watery, um, because again they're they're retaining and and keeping a hold of as much of those salts and minerals and electrolytes uh, that they possibly can, um, because it's just they're not getting it from their surrounding environment that is the fresh water. So like you said, they 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 are preventing from be, their solution in their blood from becoming too diluted. That's the point of their um, osmoregulation, correct? That's right, for the freshies. Okay. And so if they do it correctly, if their cells and their gills and their kidneys are working properly, they're streaming out, they're accepting salt for the body wherever it can get it, and they're peeing out tons and tons of water that they're taking on and keeping the salt. But um, if you go to a salt water, like the sea, salt water area, you find pretty much the opposite process happening for the same reason. Yes, and the cool thing here is that saltwater fish actually drink through their mouths, and they drink through their mouths to stay hydrated. Hmm. So they're drinking this ocean water, and so the big uh, rub there is they have to avoid losing water too much to that salty environment out there, and they also have to keep from getting too salty, like – you know, they're drinking in the salt water and they have to keep that excess salt out. So their kidneys are kind of not working overtime. They're doing their regular job. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know how hard they're working compared to other kidneys. <laughs> sure. But their kidneys are removing that salt and conserving the water. And then they have those salt cells in their gills pumping salt into the water. So again, you had that same exchange going on. It's just sort of backwards or yeah, the opposite. And, and you can imagine their urine is super salty urine and um, kind of light on the water, right? It's super concentrated solution that they're peeing out. I would think so. And then I said this earlier, there are fish that can exist in both freshwater and saltwater. And what? now that you know, right, now that you know about osmoregulation, it's like, well, wait a minute, how does that work? And uh, you, you can take the salmon as a really good example because when the salmon go to spawn, they go to spawn in freshwater, usually upstream in some river because they like to make things hard on themselves. That's right. Which means that when they come to spawn, they leave their saltwater habitat and enter a freshwater habitat. Yeah, and it was it was interesting when I was reading this. I was kind of like, well, how in the world, like, do they have have their organs evolved to be able to, to do both? And it kind of has in a way, but not both at the same time because salmon are really smart. So what they do is they don't go straight from the freshwater right into the saltwater. Mm-hmm. They hang out a little bit in what they what's called like a staging area uh, before they complete their migration. And it's located room. in a space where they get a little bit of the freshwater and a little bit of the saltwater, and they just they just hang out until they regulate. Right, um, and it's just. That it's as simple as that, that they use brackish water to kind of like prep themselves to, for the changeover. And I would guess they do this the opposite when they go back into the sea again or the salt water 
uh, environment. Yeah. The problem is, like everything, there's a there's a conundrum that they're facing thanks to climate change, where um, sea ice is breaking up more and more and traveling further and further south and into um, salmon's breeding grounds. And there, it's actually the fresh water that's melting off of the sea ice is affecting the brackish water so that the salmon have less chance of a uh, of to to use that that area as a staging area. Yeah, it kind of just screws up their staging area because yeah. they're they're used to that area being uh, having a certain amount of salinity, and then when you introduce that melting sea ice, it just screws everything up. Yeah, yet another thing that's happening. It is. So, Chuck, how much seawater can you ingest at a time? Like me? Sure. Um, I don't know. Three and a half percent of my body weight? Sure. Or no, three and a half percent salt, I think, by weight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're trapped, we've talked about this before, if you're like stranded out in the ocean, you, you know, you will die if you just continue to drink seawater because you're going to dehydrate. But you can drink a little bit of it. Yeah. I don't know if we should advise anybody do, to do that, though. I don't think so. But you're, you're not going to die like, all right, let's forget you're stranded. You're just on the beach one day and you go like get a small cup of ocean water and drink it. You'll be fine. I don't think we should tell people to do that either. <laughs> Let's just stay away from the encouraging drinking seawater in general. All right. How about this? You're in your house and you take some very clean water and clean table salt and mix it together. Okay. You could drink that and, and you a little bit of that and you'd be okay. No, I'm still not okay with that either. All right. Well, then why'd you ask how much we could drink? I just want to know how much you personally could drink. <laughs> Is short stuff out? Short stuff is out, everybody. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.